You are listening to Section 10, Fables 180 through 200 of 300 Aesop's Fables, translated by George Filer Townsend. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Recording by Mike Armenta. 181. The Eagle, the Cat, and the Wild Sow. An eagle made her nest at the top of a lofty oak. A cat, having found a convenient hole, moved into the middle of the trunk, and a wild sow, with her young, took shelter in a hollow at its foot. The cat cunningly resolved to destroy this chance-made colony. To carry out her design, she climbed to the nest of the eagle and said, Destruction is preparing for you, and for me too, unfortunately. The wild sow, whom you see daily digging up the earth, wishes to uproot the oak, so she may, on its fall, seize our families as food for her young. Having thus frightened the eagle out of her senses, she crept down to the cave of the sow and said, Your children are in great danger. For as soon as you go out with your litter to find food, the eagle is prepared to pounce upon one of your little pigs. Having instilled these fears into the sow, she went and pretended to hide herself in the hollow of the tree. When night came, she went forth with silent foot and obtained food for herself and her kittens. But, feigning to be afraid, she kept a lookout all through the day. Meanwhile, the eagle, full of fear of the sow, sat still on the branches, and the sow, terrified by the eagle, did not dare to go out from her cave. And thus they both, along with their families, perished from hunger, and afforded ample provision for the cat and her kittens. 182. The Thief and the Innkeeper A thief hired a room in a tavern, and stayed a while in the hopes of stealing something which should enable him to pay his reckoning. When he had waited some days in vain, he saw the innkeeper dressed in a new and handsome coat, and sitting before his door, the thief sat down beside him and talked with him. As the conversation began to flag, the thief yawned terribly, and at the same time howled like a wolf. The innkeeper said, Why do you howl so fearfully? I will tell you, said the thief, but let me first ask you to hold my clothes, or I shall tear them to pieces. I know not, sir, when I got this habit of yawning nor whether these attacks of howling were inflicted on me as a judgment for my crimes or for any other cause. But this I do know, that when I yawn for the third time, I actually turn into a wolf and attack men. With this speech, he commenced a second fit of yawning, and again howled like a wolf as he had at first. The innkeeper, hearing his tale and believing what he said, 
became greatly alarmed, and, rising from his seat, attempted to run away. The thief laid hold of his coat and entreated him to stop, saying, Pray, wait, sir, and hold my clothes, or I shall tear them to pieces in my fury when I turn into a wolf. At the same moment, he yawned a third time and set up a terrible howl. The innkeeper, frightened lest he should be attacked, left his new coat in the thief's hand and ran as fast as he could into the inn for safety. The thief made off with the coat and did not return again to the inn. Every tale is not to be believed. 183. The Mule A mule frolicsome from lack of work and from too much corn galloped about in a very extravagant manner and said to himself my father surely was a high-mettled racer and i am his own child in speed and spirit on the next day being driven a long journey and feeling very wearied he exclaimed in a disconsolate tone i must have made a mistake my father, after all, could have been only an ass. 184. The Heart and the Vine A heart, hard-pressed in the chase, hid himself beneath the large leaves of a vine. The huntsmen, in their haste, overshot the place of his concealment. Supposing all danger to have passed, the heart began to nibble the tendrils of the vine. One of the huntsmen, attracted by the rustling of the leaves, looked back, and, seeing the heart, shot an arrow from his bow and struck it. The heart, at the point of death, groaned, I am rightly served, for I should not have maltreated the vine that saved me. 185. THE SERPENT AND THE EAGLE A serpent and an eagle were struggling with each other in deadly conflict. The serpent had the advantage and was about to strangle the bird. A countryman saw them, and running up, loosed the coil of the serpent and let the eagle go free. The serpent, irritated at the escape of his prey, injected his poison into the drinking horn of the countryman. The rustic, ignorant of his danger, was about to drink, when the eagle struck his hand with his wing, and, seizing the drinking horn in his talons, carried it aloft. 186. The Crow and the Pitcher A crow, perishing with thirst, saw a pitcher and, hoping to find water, flew to it with delight. When he reached it, he discovered, to his grief, that it contained so little water that he could not possibly get at it. He tried everything he could think of to reach the water, but all his efforts were in vain. At last, he collected as many stones as he could carry, and dropped them, one by one, with his beak, into the pitcher until he brought the water within his reach, and thus saved his life. Necessity 
is the mother of invention. 187. The Two Frogs Two frogs were neighbors. One inhabited a deep pond far removed from public view. The other lived in a gully containing little water and traversed by a country road. The frog that lived in the pond warned his friend to change his residence and entreated him to come and live with him, saying that he would enjoy greater safety from danger and more abundant food. The other refused, saying that he felt it so very hard to leave a place to which he had become accustomed. A few days afterwards, a heavy wagon passed through the gully and crushed him to death under its wheels. A willful man will have his way to his own hurt. 188. The Wolf and the Fox At one time, a very large and strong wolf was born among the wolves, who exceeded all his fellow wolves in strength, size, and swiftness, so that they unanimously decided to call him Lion. The wolf with a lack of sense proportioned to his enormous size, thought that they gave him this name in earnest, and, leaving his own race, consorted exclusively with the lions. An old sly fox, seeing this, said, May I never make myself so ridiculous as you do in your pride and self-conceit, for even though you have the size of a lion among wolves and a herd of lions, you are definitely a wolf. 189. The Walnut Tree A walnut tree, standing by the roadside, bore an abundant crop of fruit. For the sake of the nuts, the passers-by broke its branches with stones and sticks. The walnut tree piteously exclaimed, O oh, wretched me, that those whom I cheer with my fruit should repay me with these painful requitals. 190. The Gnat and the Lion A gnat came and said to a lion, I do not in the least fear you, nor are you stronger than I am, for in what does your strength consist? You can scratch with your claws and bite with your teeth as a woman in her quarrels. I repeat that I am altogether more powerful than you, and if you doubt it, let us fight and see who will conquer. The gnat, having sounded his horn, fastened himself upon the lion and stung him on the nostrils and the parts of his face devoid of hair. While trying to crush him, the lion tore himself with his claws until he punished himself severely. The gnat thus prevailed over the lion, and, buzzing about in a song of triumph, flew away. But shortly afterwards he became entangled in the meshes of a cobweb, and was eaten by a spider. He greatly lamented his fate, saying, Woe is me, that I, who can wage war successfully with the hugest beasts, should perish myself 
from this spider the most inconsiderable of insects. 191. The Monkey and the Dolphin A sailor, bound on a long voyage, took with him a monkey to amuse him while on shipboard. As he sailed off to the coast of Greece, a violent tempest arose in which the ship was wrecked, and he, his monkey, and all the crew were obliged to swim for their lives. The dolphin saw the monkey contending with the waves, and, supposing him to be a man, whom he is always said to befriend, came and placed himself under him to convey him on his back in safety to the shore. When the dolphin arrived with his burden in sight of land not far from Athens, he asked the monkey if he were an Athenian. The latter replied that he was, and that he was descended from one of the most noble families in that city. The dolphin then inquired if he knew the Piraeus, the famous harbor of Athens. The monkey answered that he knew him very well, and that he was an intimate friend. The dolphin, indignant at these falsehoods, dipped the monkey under the water and drowned him. 192. The Jackdaw and the Doves A jackdaw, seeing some doves in a coat abundantly provided with food, painted himself white and joined them in order to share their plentiful maintenance. The doves, as long as he was silent, supposed him to be one of themselves and admitted them to their coat. But when one day he forgot himself and began to chatter, they discovered his true character and drove him forth, pecking him with their beaks. Failing to obtain food among the doves, he returned to the jackdaws. They too, not recognizing him on account of his color, expelled him from living with them. So, desiring to ends, he obtained neither. 193. The Horse and the Stag At one time the horse had the plain entirely to himself. Then a stag intruded into his domain and shared his pasture. The horse, desiring to revenge himself on the stranger, asked a man if he were willing to help him punishing the stag. The man replied that if the horse would receive a bit in his mouth and agree to carry him, he would contrive effective weapons against the stag. The horse consented and allowed the man to mount him. From that hour he found that instead of obtaining revenge on the stag, he had enslaved himself to the service of man. 194. The Kid and the Wolf A kid, returning without protection from the pasture, was pursued by a wolf. Seeing he could not escape, he turned around and said, I know, friend wolf, that I must be your prey. But before I die, I would ask you of one favor. You will play me a tune to which I may dance? The wolf complied, and while he was piping, and the kid was dancing, some hounds 
hearing the sound, ran up and began chasing the wolf. Turning to the kid, he said, It is just what I deserve, for I, who am only a butcher, should not have turned piper to please you. 195. The Prophet A wizard, sitting in the marketplace, was telling the fortunes of the passers-by, when a person ran up in great haste and announced to him that the doors of his house had been broken open and that all his goods were being stolen. He sighed heavily and hastened away as fast as he could run. The neighbor saw him running and said, Oh, you fellow there, you say you can foretell the fortunes of others? How is it you did not foresee your own? 196. The Fox and the Monkey A fox and a monkey were traveling together on the same road. As they journeyed, they passed through a cemetery full of monuments. All these monuments which you see, said the monkey, are erected in honor of my ancestors, who were, in their day, freedmen and citizens of great renown. The fox replied, You have chosen a most appropriate subject for your falsehoods, as I am sure none of your ancestors will be able to contradict you. A false tale often betrays itself. 197. The Thief and the House Dog The thief came in the night to break into a house. He brought with him several slices of meat in order to pacify the house dog, so that he would not alarm his master by barking. As the thief threw him the pieces of meat, the dog said, If you think to stop my mouth, you will be greatly mistaken. This sudden kindness at your hands will only make me more watchful, lest under these unexpected favors to myself you have some private ends to accomplish for your own benefit and for my master's injury. 198. The Man, the Horse, the Ox, and the Dog A horse, ox, and dog driven to great straits by the cold, sought shelter and protection from man. He received them kindly, lighted a fire, and warmed them. He let the horse make free with his oats, gave the ox an abundance of hay, and fed the dog with meat from his own table. Grateful for these favors, the animals determined to repay him to the best of their ability. For this purpose, they divided the term of his life between them, and each endowed one portion of it with the qualities which chiefly characterize himself. The horse shows his earliest years, and gave them his own attributes. Hence, every man is, in his youth, impetuous, headstrong, and obstinate, maintaining his own opinion. The ox took under his patronage the next term of life, and therefore man in his middle age is fond of work, devoted to labor, and resolute to amass wealth and to husband his resources. The end of life was reserved for the dog, wherefore the old man 
is often snappish, irritable, hard to please, and selfish, tolerant only of his own household, but averse to strangers and to all who do not administer to his comfort or to his necessity. 199. The Apes and the Two Travelers Two men, one who always spoke the truth, and the other who told nothing but lies, were traveling together, and by chance came to the land of apes. One of the apes, who had raised himself to be king, commanded them to be seized and brought before him, that he might know what was said of him among men. He ordered at the same time that all apes be arranged in a long row on his right hand and on his left, and that a throne be placed in him, as was the custom among men. After these preparations, he signified that the two men should be brought before him, and greeted them with this salutation. What sort of a king do I seem to you to be, O strangers? A lying traveler replied, You seem to me a most mighty king. And what is your estimate of those you see around me? These, he made answer, are worthy companions of yourself, fit at least to be ambassadors and leaders of armies. The ape and all his court, gratified with the lie, commanded that a handsome present be given to the flatterer. On this, the truthful traveler thought to himself, If so great a reward is given for a lie, with what gift may not I be rewarded, if, according to my custom, I tell the truth? The ape quickly turned to him, And pray, how do I and these my friends around me seem to you? Thou art, he said, a most excellent ape, and all these thy companions, after thy example, are excellent apes, too. The king of the apes, enraged at hearing these truths, gave him over to the teeth and claws of his companions. 200. The Wolf and the Shepherd A wolf followed a flock of sheep for a long time, and did not attempt to injure one of them. The shepherd, at first, stood on his guard against him, and kept a strict watch over his movements. But when the wolf, day after day, kept in the company of the sheep, and did not make the slightest effort to seize them, the shepherd began to look upon him as a guardian of his flock, rather than as a plotter of evil against it and when occasion called him one day into the city, he left the sheep entirely in his charge. The wolf, now that he had the opportunity, fell upon the sheep and destroyed the greater part of the flock. When the shepherd returned to find his flock destroyed, he exclaimed, I have been rightly served. Why did I trust my sheep to a wolf? End of section 10.